0: Another
1: episode of something <laughs> extra with me and
0: this lady. This lady? Yes. That's what you're gonna refer to me as. Yes, fuck you with that. <laughs> Type it. I am your co-host, Nancy Gianni. Also joining us (laughs) is our executive producer, Franco Gianni.
2: Gianni. That is me. woo Back in my corner.
0: Yep, you are in your corner. Today is all about using what God gave us to change the world. Right? Right. How cool is that? We are all born with a purpose in this world, but it takes you to figure out what that Mm. purpose is, to dig deep and find out what drives you, what makes you who you are. Today's guest is a perfect example of finding God's plan for himself and turning it out into the entire world. It's pretty awesome. He's just an amazing guy. Franco G, what do you think? What do you think your purpose is in life? What do you think God planned for you when he gave me (laughs) you as my baby boy?
2: Why do you always have to call me out for these like <laughs> deep philosophical questions about life and stuff? I mean, wait to put me on the spot. Because she calls me this lady. But, okay, well, okay, whatever. So, <laughs> <That> what? <lady. laughs> what do you think? What do I think God's plan for me is? Um, I think it's similar to what yours is. I mean, you've always talked about how Gigi is your inspiration in life, and God gave mm. you this 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 amazing child for a reason. And I think God gave me this mm. this sister for a reason. I think my, the plan for me is to obviously be. Her protector and her big brother but, but but beyond that i think she has given me a reason to want to make this world a better place and i think she using the inspiration that she gives me and and she's made me a better person i think my <laughs> plan and purpose for me is now to go out there and help make this world a better place um in the way that she did and kind of just ha- uh send that message to the rest of the world and try to you know start that ripple effect so wow how about that
1: my purpose is to make the world, A, my happy and something
0: place. Well, I think you do that every single day. And yep. speaking of that, that's a great segue mm. into giving our listeners out there a little reminder of what our show is mm. all about. A little something extra is finding... What do you mean by that? Well, it's a little something extra is the name of our show, right? Right. And it's about finding your little something extra, your superpower. What motivates you and
2: drives you to be who you are and try to make the world a better place every day? I need to get into our something extra moment of the week. <laughs> um, and it's really just giving a big Genji shout out. There's a lot of people out there doing a lot of incredible things right now. Um, there's a lot of people in this world that need help. And mm. I found a great story out of Chicago. kind of made me laugh based off of what he's doing. But it's also so just great. So um, really, I'm just going to read it off. Um, we're pulling from Chicago here for this week. We're, we're, we're keeping it local um, for this week's Gen G shout out. But this, uh, there's a Chicago uh, restaurant restaurateur named uh, Robert, I think it's pronounced Maggot? Maget. I don't know. Maggite? maybe. Um, but he was <laughs> driving across town um, through Chicago when he spotted a, a shivering tamale vendor who was uh, braving the frigid January temperatures in Chicago, which are horrible this year. And uh, in the spur of the moment, Robert just decided that. I'm just going to buy out this entire person's supply of tamales because uh, they're a street vendor and they're standing outside 10-degree weather, freezing their butts off. So bought mm-hmm. out three dozen tamales uh, from this person and said, okay, I'm happy to buy them from you, and I'm happy mm-hmm. now you can just go home and get out of this cold weather. So tamale vendor goes home, all thankful for the person buying – for Robert buying them out, and then he wants to go that extra step. So he decides to take these – bunch of tamales that he has, and he starts driving around Chicago, handing Mm -hmm. them out to um, people experiencing homelessness throughout the city of Chicago. So he's handing out tamales left and right, and he runs out of his three dozen tamales, and he goes, okay, well, how can I get more? So he hits Facebook, Mm -hmm. and he decides, okay, I need you guys to let me know what are the best street vendors in Chicago selling tamales. So he gets just a big list of these tamale vendors that he has. He goes out to all the different neighborhoods. I think he went to like Humboldt Park. He went to uh, Southside. I mean, a couple Mm -hmm. different... Of Chicago, buys out all the tamales, and then starts, and I think he bought, like, a couple hundred, and then just starts driving through the streets of Chicago, handing them out, handing them out to all these different people experiencing homelessness, and next thing you know, he ran out of all of them, but, I mean, just an act like that, it's a small thing, I mean, that really can make you feel good, but also can make so many other people's lives that much better by getting these people off the streets and giving them um, just an opportunity to go home and be with their family, and then also by just giving these people um that are in uh, not the most ideal situation if they're experiencing homelessness and they're giving them just a warm meal that day um awesome. and just to give them something a little bit more to brighten their day a little bit and i think that's really what generation g is all about i mean it's being accepting generous and kind but at the same time it's also passing it on and i think Absolutely. that's uh that's this week's gen g moment but i think it's just a great story that needs to get out there because like i said small things yeah like that. that's awesome
0: Today, Gigi and I are talking to a man who has been making an amazing impact on Hollywood and the entertainment industry since he was eight years old. Nick Novicki is an actor, comedian, and producer who has performed on six continents. He has appeared in The Sopranos, Boardwalk Empire, and Axis Gotham Comedy Live. He is also an advocate for change and inclusion. He has founded and is the director of the Easter Seals Disability Film Challenge, which is so beyond cool. He started this in response to seeing people with dis- disabilities underrepresented both in front of and behind the camera. We are so proud and excited to welcome Nick Nowicki. whoop. whoop. Oh my gosh, we are so beyond excited to have you. I've spent so much time learning more about you. I knew a lot about you before, but then when I get to like really dig deep and research, it's really cool to see everything you've done in your life and what you've done with your life. Read about your parents, like, oh. So I just want to get started so other people can start to hear and get to know the Nick that I feel like I know today. So give us a clue, brother. Tell us a little about yourself.
3: Yeah, so I'm an actor, producer, comedian, and I'm the founder and director of the Easter Sales Disability Film Challenge. Um, You know, this is a a video podcast, so some may be just listening and you can't see me, but I'm a little person. I'm three foot ten. And so really early in my career, I realized that I was going to have to be in charge of writing, creating, producing my own content if I wanted to play the kind of roles that I wanted to play. So ultimately work led to work. And to date, I've been in over 40 TV shows and movies. I've gotten the chance to work with the Farley Brothers, Martin Scorsese, Tour the World, doing stand-up comedy for the troops. Um, But a lot of that has been me creating my own content. And so eight years ago, I created this Disability Film Challenge to try to help other people with disabilities create their own content, get themselves out there. Uh, I partnered with Easter Seals Southern California four years ago. And we're now the Easter Sales Disability Film Challenge. We've had hundreds of films. These films have led to countless jobs for people with disabilities in front of and behind the camera. And it's gotten me the chance to be able to talk to amazing people like the two of you.
0: You're paving the way, brother. And and I saw these awards that you're winning for this. It's so beyond cool.
3: Thank you. Yeah, it's it's truly humbling.
0: Yeah, it's 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 amazing. And I know Franco, you had a, a couple a question that you wanted to ask. Well, yeah, I mean, that's tons of questions. I know, ask. but hurry, because I got some,
2: too. Like, we're, like,
0: fighting Franco over who gets name. to talk to
2: you. Oh, Franco, like Gigi's Gigi's I love question. your name,
3: too, man. I, I, that's a great name.
2: <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, it's passed down from a, it's a family name. Yeah, grandpa's mm-hmm. name. But, yeah, Tal- very Italian. Franco Gianni is the full, is the full uh, name. name. I'm Italian, too. Thanks. Thanks. Yes. Oh, oh you Italian, and then too, Gigi? Gigi is Juliana.
1: <laughs> yeah. So, it yeah. means, it means like, Italian. It, it means, oh, Italian. means Italian. Yes. <laughs>
3: And you guys are you you know you're based in Chicago. You like yeah. Chicago style pizza or thin crust pizza? Oh, thin crust. All Ooh, day I do long. both. I think th-
2: I I, 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 like consider, crust. I like the thick crust too. <laughs> I consider yeah. uh, thick crust or the thick crust deep dish pizza to be a tourist attraction. I do not consider yeah. it to be. But, you know, yeah, I I'm thin crust. I was
3: just in Real. Chicago about four, four months ago, and when I saw that deep dish, I didn't
2: know what to do with it. I was like. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I know it's it's it's, it's, it's such a, a weird it's a pie. thing to have to eat. It's like eating pie, but it's like it could burn your face off, so at the same time you got to be careful with it. <laughs> I know. It's it's but yes, we are definitely like full-fledged Chicago people. I, I live downtown and I mean, I kind of just take it all in. It's it's a lot of fun. That's, that's a- yeah. So, yeah, one of the questions uh I wanted to ask you is because is uh more about the comedy and because um, I'm a huge stand-up comedy fan. Uh mm-hmm. huge just So many different artists that I've listened to. I've seen some of your bits. And uh, so my favorite reason being is just because of the storytelling aspect of it. I know you were telling me earlier uh, pre-show that uh, you're a big storyteller. when it, um, And I love how artists just really make light of like awkward and weird situations. So I was just curious as to like what um, has allowed you to kind of like channel your situation, your disability, uh, being a little person into the comedy routine that you have.
3: Sure. Well, you know, I, I've been a little person my whole life. Yeah. So a little person, it's a part of who I am. And I've learned really early as a kid that if I could tell a joke, it diffuses a situation. Mm-hmm. And it kind of puts me in a in a position of power and also makes it so that everybody else is comfortable with my height. And it's just something that I've also enjoyed doing, not even just to break the ice, but just something that you know, I think I'm, you know, somewhat good at, and then ultimately it's just fun for me. So I was always that kid that would do impressions in class. um, But ultimately the fact that I was able to, if somebody said something to me, also joke and be okay with it, you know, things never got me down because ultimately I I would never feel like I was at a loss because I could always tell a joke and be part of it.
2: That is. Totally makes sense. Yeah, it's kind of like that icebreaker that you can kind of have through, like if someone like might not necessarily know to approach a situation or something like that. You kind of like help break that ice, and then nec- and it kind of just opens up for like just everything after that. Then yeah, but that, that takes
0: well, a lot of confidence, brother. I mean, for someone to yeah. do that, that takes a lot of confidence.
3: Yeah, you know, I mean, well, I mean, my parents, uh, where I grew up, my friends, family—that's definitely all part of who I am. But I think similar to like Chicago, people are are a little bit more. Aggressive and kind of in your face (laughs) in the Northeast and no one's kind of thinking uh, To themselves they're they're thinking out loud, Hey, why are you? Why you small? So, you know, ultimately it just it just was a part of the culture of how I grew up Um, So, you know being a little person. it just always was a part of who I am Yeah, and and so I think for a lot of that and actually really for most comedians We find jokes in situations. Sometimes comedians are going to go out of their way to get them in awkward situations so that they could write a joke about what happened. So, you know, we need those things. I mean, even entrepreneurs and people that create stuff, they're usually solving a problem. You know, that's, and, and not to say being a little person is a problem, but the experiences of life give me material and also give me uh, material to write movies about and tell stories. And, and I think for all people with disabilities, we have a gift in that we're able to tell uh, a side of a story that isn't told and isn't told enough.
0: Absolutely. And create that change. And then that acceptance and to just make it normal. You know, the differences are just normal. There shouldn't be a stigma to it. There shouldn't be any of that. And I'm so glad that you came on and like, Use the word little person. Because for me, I was like, I wasn't sure how to be politically correct. You know what I mean? I was like, oh, I'm glad <laughs> he said that right off the bat. Because like, I know, like with Down syndrome, you know, people, they, they, you know, a lot of people, when you say a baby with Down syndrome or a, a, a Down syndrome baby, they get upset, like they don't like it to be the, you know, the the diagnosis first, people first, a baby with Down syndrome. So I was mm-hmm. like, so I just know that there's there's always politically correct ways of saying everything these days, and I don't know what's right. I barely want to talk to the world because I'll get myself in trouble all the time. So it was re- It was really refreshing to hear you refer to yourself that way, so that I know how to do it and make me feel comfortable. And you're right, you broke the ice and made me feel comfortable saying that because I didn't know that I would be comfortable saying it because, I, you know what I mean? It was just, but I yeah. love that that's how you're doing it. You're just making
3: it real. And that's- You know, I mean, I, even with the Disability Film Challenge, one of the big reasons I created it is, you know, it's about pride in disability, the word disability, the community. There's a really smart guy named Lawrence Carter Long, and he has a whole campaign called Say the Word. Mm-hmm. And it's all about disability. It's not a bad word, say it, you know? Yes. And so.
2: I'm all about that. You know? I
0: love and, it. Yeah, the, the more you say it, the more you bring it around, the less it's different.
2: Yeah. There and you go. I, and I, I, mean, I think it's also just part of also embracing and who you are. Yeah. I think that's something that you were just touching base on is just that embracing the person that you are is the way that people are going to actually respond to you. And so like when you, and I love the idea of just say the word because I mean, then then once you get it out there, then just the air is clear and then you can actually kind of then start just kind of being normal and not necessarily having to like, be, feel like you're like walking on thin ice or something like that. Yep. It's just very organic. And I, I think it's an important thing to understand in life. That's awesome.
3: And, you know, part of it is too that, you know, everyone is going to have a different barometer of how they want to be called and what they're comfortable with. And that's okay. Totally. I mean, for me, I I believe in, hey, I'm a little person. It's just easier if I announce it, I get it out <laughs> of the way. And then let's talk about the New York Giants yeah. or uh, my wife or <laughs> my dog. you I know, anything. It.
0: That's awesome. And I love this Disability Film Challenge. So I want to talk to you more about that because, I mean, I, the, you had no choice but to start something and to kind of, like you said earlier, create your own material because Hollywood wasn't creating it for you, which is, is so interesting, especially when there's so many amazing stories to be told. So I want to hear more about this. I, I understand why you did it, but talk to us about how it got started and, and how important it is to you.
3: Yeah, you know, it's it's something that's really important to me. Uh, it's something I go to bed thinking about. I wake up thinking awesome. about it. We just launched the 2021 Easter Sales Disability Film Challenge Home awesome. Edition 2.0. So if you go to disabilityfilmchallenge.com, you could learn more about it. You awesome. can register uh, before March 15th. But what it is is, look, as I said, I had all these opportunities. by be, By creating my own work, it led to me being able to work with Martin Scorsese with the Farley brothers, but because I had my own content. And in terms of the statistics, 61 million Americans have some form of disability, whether that's visible or an invisible disability, Mm -hmm. but yet we're in less than 3% of film and TV shows. So, you know, eight years ago, I was like, let me come up with this crazy idea for, a way for friends of mine that have disabilities that are trying to get in the business more so they could just create a film and we're gonna get some prizes. And so the disability film challenge year one was pretty small, you know, and, but the films that came out of it were so amazing. Even though it was only five or six films, Everybody was like, hey, when's the next one? And awesome. you know, film festivals were reaching out, hey, can I screen that? I want to screen mm-hmm. that in this country or that country. Awesome. And so I was like, wow, wait a minute. We got so something. Here. I did it again year two. And Peter Farley uh, from the Farley brothers came on as a as a mentor and it really got bigger. And then the next year it got bigger. And you know, I partnered with Easter Seals, Southern California, which Easter Seals is the nation's largest disability services organization. So in year four, we we partnered together, awesome. and the sponsors just kept coming in. Um, you know, to date, we're sponsored by uh, Universal Pictures, uh, um, Sony Pictures, Warner Media, Adobe, Dell Technologies. Whoop, whoop. Get us Apollo out there, F- brother! Uh, yes, and so it's it's just about us being able to tell our own stories. And the coolest thing about it is everybody owns their own film they make a film. It's all volunteer based. No one can be paid. Um, and we have first time actors, writers, directors, and producers, but we also have Oscar winners that take part in this now. So, cool. so it's all about inclusion. The films don't have to be about disability at all. In fact, many of the winning films, mm-hmm. they don't even address the disability. It's the inclusion element where, you know, it could be a little person gangster or, you know, wheelchair, uh, love story, or, yeah. you know, we had a Down syndrome, uh, uh, episode where everybody had Down syndrome and, and it was about love awesome. and the only people that uh, that didn't have Down syndrome were the outsiders yes. and you know there's so many creative uh, interpretations of the same genre every year so it's like Christmas for me when all these films go up on our uh, social channel I'm just watching them and just so, so cool. proud last year we had 87 documentary films that were created from all over the world during the pandemic when very few people were creating art so right.
2: It That's, was just uh,
3: something I'm really proud of, and and I just feel like there's so much talent in the disability community, you know, and 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 there's so many places to 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 share it, you know, right. like your show. I mean, the two of you guys, it means a lot to have me on, uh, and the fact that you're spotlighting people.
0: Absolutely. Well, you're a gift from God, and I love that you're mm. giving all this opportunity to people who, like you said, it's it's you know they, they say the largest minority in the country, or in the world, it's people (laughs) with disabilities. Yet, we get the least opportunities, like what's going on? So the fact that you like, You're just channeling all this and changing that. This is only the beginning. This is just, this is only the beginning. So I am so proud. That's why I really, we are so excited to have you on and showcase what you're doing. Bring that awareness to more people. Get more films out there. And hopefully open up Hollywood's eyes more and more to how much people care and how much we are a population of, we're the largest population in the world. And, and that people don't don't see that. And the, well, so this is called a little something extra. And obviously, your little something extra um, is about your passion and what fuels you. What do you feel like is your personal something extra? What makes you be you and want to do what you do every single day?
3: You know, I, I, I have a passion for. Uh, stand-up comedy for acting for creating stuff and it's something you know I'm, I've been in this business for close to 20 years now. Um, so I started really young and it's something that I just love. you know I went to business school so I had other you know opportunities to right. work more kind of traditional accounting or finance <laughs> kind of jobs but ultimately my uh, passion was always in the entertainment and and really in terms of driving me, I mean the film challenge and being able to help other people, and, and not just, you know, help uh, other people, because I'm not do- creating the films for them, but giving them a platform, guidance, uh, allowing them to, to have an ability to tap into the entertainment industry that's looking to hire them. Uh, you know, so many of the studios networks um, and Fortune 500 companies that work with us are truly looking to bring in more people with disabilities. Make their uh, office space more inclusive, and really, in terms of the entertainment industry, they're making a huge effort uh, through doing workshops with us, through hiring people straight from the films. Um, I, I think that there's going to be so much more inclusion of people with disabilities uh, coming up. In terms of what's my little uh, thing, I don't know. I mean, I'm not really a technical guy. I'm more, uh, you know, I, I'm sort of the, the guy that's like, hey, come on over. I'm, I'm a, you know, I'm the connector. Yeah, you know, the so. connector and the networker. <laughs> You're something
0: extra is sharing your gift.
3: Yes. Really,
0: and bringing mm-hmm. people together and changing the world. So, you know, what I love about it is, is you were doing, you know, now it's kind of the thing to do, make sure you have inclusion, and that it looks good. You were doing it before it was popular, and that's what and, I love about you.
3: Yeah. You know, it's really kind of crazy that, uh, you know, eight years ago uh, people still cared about this, um, you know, but all of a sudden it became – and. I think part of this, honestly, is that you know, when the Oscars so white, uh, when the Me Too movement came, uh, there was such a focus on diversity and inclusion, yeah, and in rightfully so, you know, and and everybody all of a sudden said, hey, we need to be uh, we need to be more inclusive, and what are we doing? What are we doing here? What are we doing there? And then all of a sudden, people forgot. Well, wait a minute, uh, we're not talking about disability, and the film challenge had been going. We had films and and all these films were so amazing and there was so much talent and there's so much intersection uh, intersectionality even within the films because when you talk about disability that includes uh people of all race gender ethnicity religion uh and and all the different intersectionality between disabilities i'm a little person you have down syndrome my wife's a little person there's people on the autism spectrum, wheelchair users, cerebral palsy, blind, deaf. It's like a, a you know it. you could just keep going. It's a it's all one kind of family though.
0: Yeah, and what I love mm-hmm. is that like the parts too that that now these days it's not like oh pat on the head look they put a little person or they put a person with Down syndrome in their show that isn't that good of that that was great they did that now it's just like oh cool everybody you, like no you don't think about it as much because it's where they should be. It's where everybody should be. There's no reason it shouldn't be. All oh, pat on that good job that you did that. No. We belong there. We are part yep. of this world and of the, you know, the 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 greater community and we are the biggest minority. So I'm just so glad that you're getting our voices, everybody's voices out there and giving a voice to the entire world cuz it's awesome and doing it in such a cool way because you got a vibe right. brother you got a vibe and you know <laughs> that's what you need you gotta have, it, it's something that people want to be a part of and want to follow so I love it and I know Gigi's mad because I'm, I'm it's her turn okay fine you, you want to ask Nick his questions now yeah she has got some good interesting stuff for you so let's see what she, all right bring it on girl <laughs> how did you meet your wife
3: You know, I met my wife at a little people convention, um, and we met through a mutual friend. So she was living in New York, and then uh, we met there uh, through a friend, and I ended up staying in New York because I was working on the TV show Boardwalk Empire. So we ended up, um, you know, doing a long distance relationship.
1: What did she do that made her love her so much?
3: I love because she's you know she's amazing. I mean she's she's such a smart uh, person. She's an executive that's also uh, a little person. You know, really changing uh, the way that Hollywood is for, for the better and making Hollywood more inclusive, the entertainment industry. So uh, plus she's just my rock in many ways, and Aww. you know there for me all the time and and just a fun person.
1: Who do you admire most?
3: You know. I would say, you know, I I don't know if you guys have seen Crip Camp, um, but uh, that movie, you know, Judy Heumann, you know, she is just such a legend. And what she did for the disability community, um, you know, I just read her book, which I highly recommend for everybody. She was just such a force. And I haven't known her for that long, but uh, she, you know, it's been amazing to get to know her and just the impact that she's had on the disability community has been amazing.
1: What are you most proud of in your
3: life? You know, I, I would say that the Easter Seals Disability Film Challenge is is something that I'm really proud of because it's, it's mm-hmm. helped other people kind of achieve their dreams. And it's created so many films now and so many stories and so many job opportunities. I've been proud to be... Uh, an actor and a comedian for as long as I have, and th- there's different milestones for me as an artist, and different shows and movies and and you know tours that I went on. But I would say the film challenge would be my uh, my biggest to me thing. I'm proud of.
1: If, if you had one message to the
3: world, what would it be? You know, we're all on the same team, and you know, let let's let's think about how how we can make that team as inclusive as we can.
1: I know you're a comedian, but would you like to hear a joke?
0: Absolutely.
1: Why were the cows yelling at the farmers? Why were the cows yelling at the farmers? Why? Because they were being moody. You you get it?
3: I like that. That's nice. (laughs)
1: That's
0: good. Being moody. Because they're being moody. moody. Get it, cow?
2: I get it. I get it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Gigi's like the queen of just telling us these random really, jokes. Great jokes. Yeah. Yeah. No, just it's great. Queen. I like that. You
3: know, Thank are there you. any are there cows by you guys at all? You're not. You're, you're in the city. Yeah, we're city, more yeah. city.
0: No cows are on here Only, though. Oh. Only horses. Horses, yes, we've got some horses around here. Do you have siblings, Nick? That's the one thing I saw some stuff of your mom and dad, but I I didn't know how many kids. Like your dad, I saw a picture of you guys getting your award and stuff. I have
3: I have two brothers.
0: Oh, cool. Yeah. Older, younger. Where do they fit? Uh,
3: They're both older, so I'm the youngest. You're the baby. (laughs) I'm the baby.
0: (laughs) Now, does your family all live in California?
3: No, they all live in Connecticut. Uh, Actually, one of my brothers lives in New York, but so you grew up on the East Coast. My parents. Yeah, so so we're all from we're from New Haven, Connecticut.
0: Oh, I didn't even know that.
3: So that's why the uh, the pizza. Why I <laughs> talked about pizza earlier, because you guys have that deep dish Chicago. Whereas Mm. New Haven, we, we, I gotta say we have the best pizza in the world, but it's that thin crust pizza. (laughs) Now people are tuning in they're listening and they're going, Nick, what are you talking about? You got the best pizza in the world. (laughs) I got the best pizza in Philadelphia and Chicago with the deep dish. I'm sorry, but you know, New Haven, it's, Mm. it's my
2: blood. It's Mm. New Haven,
0: Connecticut. You want to go for pizza? You go to New Haven.
2: Nick, I actually got a question for you kind of (laughs) backing up um, to when you were talking about um, just trying to get yourself established, and you knew that like when you were going in, that's why you wanted to provide a platform for other people with disabilities with the Film Challenge. What kind of content were you creating when you were younger, kind of in order to get your foot in the door um, with that opportunity?
3: So I was creating short films and web series, and I was also uh, producing and acting in a lot of really low-budget independent Mm -hmm. films, where you would be the... uh, you know, production assistant and the producer and the driver and help them get camera or sound. So the cool thing about that, though, is that it connected me with so many other up and coming filmmakers. So when you're starting at the bottom, so many other people are too. Yeah. And so when you're when you're creating content in the short form, um, you know, short films, web series, you're around people that are willing to work for almost nothing but in return it's sort of an unspoken rule that you'll help them on their project
2: yeah that makes sense
3: so so that's how i I started getting hired uh more and more in job opportunities starting with the smaller projects but that's how i built up my reel so that's how when you know i got opportunities for big tv shows and movies um, as as an actor, they would see my reel and go, oh, we love your reel. This is great. But a lot of it would just be stuff that it, I didn't get, you know, hired on a big TV show or something. It was just something that I had produced with my friends. So those small projects, even though they're only seen by a few people, ended up leading to some of the biggest things I've done um, as an actor. And I think that that happens a lot. And, and really, the film challenge, that's been a great tool where Peter Farley for his, um, his show, Louder Milk reached out to us and said, hey, we're looking for a little person actress. Do you have any ideas? And then I was able to send him 10 films that starred little people awesome. actresses. And then he auditioned all of them. And Sophia Cheyenne, uh, who's a little person out of New York, ended up getting a two-season recurring role uh, filming in Vancouver on that show.
0: That's awesome. That's so awesome. So just give it a platform. Yeah. I mean, that's the whole thing I love about this is, is – you know it's just that you've really built a platform and and we're just so blessed and so honored And I was so grateful, Mm. first of all, that you said yes to come on here. And then when, and 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 I didn't even know enough about you then. So now, the more I know about you, brother, brother, love you. Anytime we can ever help you, we have locations all across the country. We serve Mm. families in forty-five countries, Um, uh, and everything we do is free. Everything we do is free here. So we do free therapeutic and educational programs from everybody from prenatal diagnosis through career skills. So. If there's ever anything we could do for any families, for anybody, we are here for you, man.
3: Well, that's awesome. So I'm gonna I'm gonna be retweeting this and sharing this out and all that stuff. So awesome. anybody who's who's lo- uh, learning about this from my audience, make sure you check out all these great uh, programs that you're doing. And then for your audience, I highly encourage you guys go to YouTube and type in Disability Film Ch- Challenge. Uh, go to YouTube and type in Disability Film Challenge, and you'll see our hundreds of films. Also, if you go to disabilityfilmchallenge.com, it'll show you uh, the past winning films. If you click on the challenge tab, you can see past challenges. It shows you some of those genres and lets you see some of those films. Because the biggest thing for us is about exposure. Having people see people with disabilities. I mean, the biggest thing we always say is there's not enough uh, projects. We don't have enough representation. Well, with the film challenge, we have hundreds of films. So we collectively can get those films out there and, you know, and I feel like it's it's by us and for us. So uh, uh, let's watch it.
0: I love it. Perfect. By us and for us. And I, I, rem- I, I remember reading something when you were like, I think you were like eight years old. I think you were speaking at the Rotary. What eight-year-old speaks <laughs> at the Rotary? I was like... <laughs> And that, that was, I don't know if that was like when you were just starting out or whatever, but that's where like you made some kind of joke about the podium or something like that. And yeah. realized, <laughs> I just tell that story really quick. If, if, if it yeah. even was a story, I don't even know why I read it or where I found it, but I loved no, it.
3: Yeah, so It's funny. Cause I always say that I've been really doing stand stand-up since I was eight, because I would do these speeches, um, to raise money for little people of America and the Dwarf Athletic Association of America. But it it would always have this podium and most of the time they wouldn't have a stool. So I would always kind of start without the microphone and just yelling out like, hey, well, it's a good thing we got that podium up there. And everybody would die. And it was like, you know, and I would kind of, Sort of heckle whoever was running the event, right? But to have an eight-year-old do that—I mean, people would die. It was—I oh would—I would kill. Get like a standing ovation in the beginning, you know. <laughs> and then I realized that when I started with that joke, it was easy for me to talk because everybody was listening. Um So yeah. it's kind of like I've been doing stand-up wow. since I was pretty young.
0: It's really cool. I when I read that, I was like, "That's amazing." But again, that goes to having that self-confidence, mm-hmm. self-awareness, not hiding, putting it out there, and I just want to say we are so blessed that you are putting yourself out there, giving mm-hmm. all of our kids and everybody with a disability, just giving them that edge up, giving them that platform, and we are just so grateful. We want to get this get this disability challenge out there for everybody to see and be a part of and, and let the world start to see the amazing people that are out here that they're missing. So thank you so much for thank being here.
3: Much. Oh, look at yeah. it. And check it out. Mm-hmm. I got my slate in frame. You uh, are awesome. Also, you can follow me at Nick Novicki.
0: And he's awesome. I recommend you follow him. Nick, you are awesome, brother, brother. Thank you, thank you, thank you. We loved having you. Mwah! We will see you next time. How awesome was he? That was amazing. I mean, thinking of starting out life as a little person, not really sure where he was at in this world, and making a place for not only all little people, but for everybody in the world. That was truly amazing.
2: Yeah, no, I totally agree. I mean, basically just when you were listening to him and hear him talk about the disability film challenge, you could just see the passion in him and how proud he was of being able to create this platform for people with disabilities. I mean, it's unbelievable. I mean, he, he reminds me of you in a way, just the way about how passionate he is of what he's doing for the world. And it's it's really inspiring to see. So it was an awesome interview. Gigi, do you have any tips for us?
0: Did you say tips? I think I did say tips. Tips! (sighs) Sorry for all you people listening on a podcast. We should have gave you a warning.
1: My tips are about finding your purpose. Finding your passion. Number two, be brave like me. Number three, Don't listen to people that are being mean. Number four, when you feel down, keep pushing. Number five, once you find it,
0: run with it. Good job,
2: Gigi. Good tips.
0: All right. Well, you know what that brings us to? The end of another episode of Something Extra. A little something extra with Nancy and the Gigi. And we, there's me. Oh, sorry. I guess I wasn't. I guess Franco and I weren't here today.
2: I know, and, <laughs> and I was just lady. in my corner.
0: And this lady again. Well, it's just back to being this lady. I, I I don't know what happened today that I lost rank.
2: Well, Gigi called out my addition in the script to referring you as that lady, so <laughs> that's what you are now.
0: I have now that lady. Well, this lady is so grateful that you all tuned in. I hope that you found some inspiration. I hope that you thought about your something extra and you're ready to channel it into something really positive. You never know what could change the world. I think when I started what I did with Gigi's Playhouse, I had no idea what the impact was going to be. I think when Nick started this, he had no idea the magnitude of the impact. So take your something extra, take it out into the world, and let's change the world together, guys. Don't forget to get out there and be Generation G today. Be generous, be kind, kind, and be accepting. accepting. Remember, Generation G is a conscious decision to be better every single day. Draw it, live it, post it. Get out there and do it, and let's change the world together, everybody. See you next time. Nancy and Gigi signing out.